Uh, no. Can't mess with the time timeline. Star Trek canon. No. Fans. Old movies. Changed.
Hello. Say hello. Kaylee, say hello. <laughs> say hello. Hello. This is Rico and Kaylee. We're here to review and talk about the new Star Trek movie for uh, this special video cast of Treks in Sci-Fi. Uh, this will be number 226 for May the 11th, 2009. Speak. Speak. Did you see the movie? <laughs> we have lots of good uh, guest uh, reviews this week on the show. I hope you enjoyed the little opening uh, segment. That was fun to do and uh, the recap of movies and things. And um, we've got a lot, uh, like I said, to cover. Uh, we've, I think about seven, maybe eight or so uh, reviews. Yes, I know. Yes, she's very excited about seeing all these. But anyway, uh, just sit back, and I'm going to kind of spread these out through the uh, podcast, and then I'll give you my thoughts about the movie after I let Kaylee out. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the video cast. Hey, did you like that? Uh, Hawkeye Meds, or Meds from the forms. Apologies for the way that I am currently dressed and what's going on behind me. But as we're recording these comments about the new Star Trek film, for prosperity, I thought I'd do it in front of this half-finished nursery. Uh, I'm preparing for my newborn uh, first, which is due in August. So what a historical event this is, as was last night when I went to see um, the new Star Trek film. Uh, we went to the IMAX in Birmingham, uh, myself and Kel, who's my um, partner on Waffle On podcast. <clears throat> so we got to the IMAX. Uh, we got there probably about five o'clock, something like that. The film was meant to be shown at seven. Uh, in, fact, well, in fact, it did show at seven. And we queued up, the queue was quite huge. And it was great to see people dressed up in character. <clears throat> uh, not necessarily just from uh, this new film, uh, but from various, uh, you know, TNG um, costumes are worn. Uh, there was a strange guy who, uh, I forget what the character was, I don't apologize. He had one half of his face was white and the other half was black. And uh, he was a big fella. And uh, he had some very tight trousers on. <laughs> so uh, that almost, uh, that scared quite a few of the people around me. But we had a giggle anyway, bless him. Um, and so anyway, in the IMAX, I'm so glad I saw it the IMAX. Where me and my wife are going to go and see it uh, again in a, just a normal cinema. The screen being huge and seeing the, uh, the, you know, just Star Trek, just the words come up on screen was absolutely amazing. And, um, you know, the, the space shots, the battle at the beginning with the Calvin, was just mind-blowing. Uh, in fact, Cal said a, a, an ideal thing. He turned around and said that, um, you know, it beats Star Wars any day uh, for the for the action scenes, and I have to agree with him. Uh, so on to the film itself, what did I think? I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. I've been reading the comments on the forum. <clears throat> in fact, I posted as soon as we got out uh, of the cinema. I mean, I was at the train station. And um, I thought, I've got to post something just a little bit small first. Um, I just loved everything about it. Chris Pine, you know, it's a hard job to do. He said he hadn't actually watched an awful lot of um, Shatner. I find that hard to believe because, you know, you can't get away from, from Shatner's Kirk. And he nailed it down to a T. He, was, he made Kirk his own version of it, which is important, I think. But also from the Carl Urban point of view, as McCoy... His mannerisms were brilliant, but I think that's what makes McCoy as a character. Um, the slight grouchiness, the southern gentleman with a slightly grouchiness attitude. And he was brilliant as it. And uh, I love the fact that Harry got his name of Bones. Uh, Zachary Quinto as Spock, 
didn't really surprise me much, to be fair. He was brilliant, uh, and I, I didn't think, um, I didn't have any worries about him anyway, to be fair. I knew he would be good. Simon Pegasus, I wish he was in it a bit longer. Um, I noticed some on the forums, Mike has turned around and said that it's a bit too comedic. I don't think that's a problem. Um, he's a comedy actor, for a start. Um, and Scotty was always slightly comedic. I've said that before, you know, especially, I know this ship like the back of my hand, you know, scene. Um, and he's, you need a little bit of comedy in it. Um, and who else? Well, you know, Chekhov and Sulu, fantastic. Some nice lines for Chekhov there. Um, pretty funny. It's what we expect. But overall, the, uh, uh, Nero, you know, it could have been anybody playing Nero, really, couldn't it? You know. But uh, ultimately, though, still great. Uh, I'm still buzzing from uh, from seeing the film. I'm so looking forward to seeing it again, and I'm so looking forward to getting it on on DVD. Overall, it's got to be nine out of ten. It's got to be nine out of ten for such a fantastic action-packed film. In fact, it actually gave me faith back in the cinema. You know, from when you were a kid and you go and watch uh, the, the anticipation of going to see a film, queuing up to go and see a film. I honestly haven't felt like that since probably Transformers the cartoon, you know, back in the, in the mid-80s when I was at, at school. Uh, I had it last night. I was so excited. Everyone around me was excited. I mean, there was little uh, nods to the original Star Trek, you know, the Tribble, the... Uh, um, the, the quick one-liners, I'm giving it all she, you know, giving it all she can uh, get with Scotty line. Uh, you know, everyone was like looking at each other and giving each other little winks and smiles. And if it wasn't for the fact, fact that me and Kel had to rush out the cinema as soon as the credits come up, um, because our train, if we couldn't get that train, we'd have to wait in about an hour and a half, uh, we would have hugged each other with, uh, with happiness of how good that film was. Anyway, I hope, uh, I hope everyone has similar um, feelings towards I do. I'm especially looking forward to... Uh, hearing Brian's view. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for doing the podcast, Rico, and uh, here's to uh, seeing the film again. Cheers. Hey, Trex and Sci-Fi. This is uh, Ricardo from Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Pop Lopez on the forums. Uh, just wanted to make this video to basically say that uh, my family and I, we love the movie. Uh, my wife, she's not a huge Trekkie, but uh, she thought the movie was amazing. Uh, the kids, they watched the, they've watched the original Star Trek, but they love this one because it's, you know, it's new, new actors, younger people. Um, <clears throat> I love the movie. The only thing I can, it's not even negative, but, you know, for me, I saw it twice yesterday. And uh, the first time I saw it, it was, it was a little bittersweet not to see the original cast in the roles that uh, you know I've known for decades, um, but it's time, and uh, and they did an incredible job. Uh, the direct, you know, J.J. Abrams did an awesome job, and uh, I'm ready to see the next movie. All right, everyone, take care, and uh, Rico, please keep up the podcast. It's awesome. Okay, uh, I'm gonna kind of uh, rearrange where I do this uh, week. Uh week's video cast or this time uh, out uh, doing a video cast for the show just kind of show you some different uh, areas of my house how exciting <laughs> hey I got my uh, Big Bang Theory shirt on here uh, rock paper scissors lizard Spock everyone should get one of these it's great uh, I mentioned it on the forums if you want to know how to get one uh, check out there or I can email you uh, if you uh, send me uh, your email and ask me about it <laughs> oh, it's always hard to get these things going anyway what I thought I would do at first, I printed this off uh, off the internet this morning. 
Uh, here's So far, the movie seems to be doing very well. Everyone seems to be really enjoying it. I loved it. Liked it a lot. Uh, I'll kind of give you my thoughts and, and kind of more of a formal review here shortly. But I wanted to just read some quotes here, some our official movie critic review uh, reports. This is the job that I need. Uh, but anyway, here we go with uh, some uh, kind of little one-word blurbs and, and their grades. From the Boston Globe, this guy named Ty Burr uh, says, The greatest prequel ever made. I, uh, that's a big statement. He gave it an A. Uh, Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert, uh, of course, is a very well-known movie critic. Uh, and, uh, you know, Ebert and Siskel and now whoever he works with. But he he's always been a bit of a sci-fi and Trek fan, I think. But he didn't really care for it quite as much as a lot of other people. Uh, he says, you want space opera? You got it. Uh, he only gave it a C plus. I didn't read his whole review yet, but I will. But uh, he's probably one of the weakest of these. Anyway, the Chicago, Chicago Tribune, uh, Jeff Berkshire gave it a B plus. Succeeds as a first-rate first rate thrill ride. Entertainment Weekly, which I read, Owen Gleiberman. Uh, with a crew like this, you can welcome the future. He gave it an A-. minus. Film critic Sean O'Connell. Uh, this is from filmcritic.com. B+, plus, a fevered barn burner that's geared towards today's action junkies, which I definitely agree with. Very action-oriented movie. Los, Los Angeles Times, Kenneth Turin. Epic storytelling and ramped-up action. I gave it a B. Uh, the New York Post, Lou Luminaric, Luminaric, something like that. Sorry, Lou. Uh, he said, smart, epic, and eye-popping reboot, A-. New York Times, Manola Dargis, the spirit of adventure and embrace of rationality that define the show are in full swing. Gave it an A from the New York Times. Real Views, James Berdinelli, Berdinelli something like that. Oh, terrible. Why can't everyone be named Smith or an easy name like Dosti? Uh, represents a, a good beginning. He gave it a B. That's from Real Views. Rolling Stone, Peter Travers. A burst of pure filmmaking exhilaration. A minus. San Francisco Chronicle, Mike LaSalle. Star Trek boldly goes where it should. Gave it a B. And USA Today, Claudia uh, Pug. Uh, energetic sci-fi extravaganza. Gave it a B. So, you know, it's, it's really great, finally, that that uh, we've got a movie that seems to be the uh, a Trek movie that seems to be something that the critics are liking a lot and the fans are really loving as well. Uh, it seems to be universally liked uh, quite a bit. I mean, there are a few little things people are having a few issues with, which I'll probably talk about and cover in my review. But I just thought it'd be fun to go through some of the official movie critics. I was a little actually surprised that so many of them seem to be really on board with this movie. I'm not. I can't quite figure it out exactly why that's the case. I mean, it's a good movie. I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong about that. But it, it it's not unlike a lot of other Star Trek and Star Wars things that have come before to a degree. Uh, you know, you can say it's got a younger cast and it's got a lot more energy and more, you know, cool special effects and battles and a lot of things. But the essence of it, the story, you know, with time travel and you know, the characters and all that. There, there's just a lot of Trek here already, and I'm not really sure why the, you know, why everyone's going so gaga, especially the movie critics. You know, usually they're kind of a little more like, you know, if it's not, uh, you know, you know, in some kind of period costume thing, they don't usually give out these kind of reviews. And it's certainly not to a blockbuster kind of movie, 
you know, like this, or the Transformers movie that's coming out and stuff like that. So anyway, I'm, I mean, I'm happy about it, but I'm just a little surprised. So here's some more of your views, and I'll come back in a bit and uh, give you my official review of Star Trek uh, version 2009. We're here to talk about the new Star Trek movie. You are. I am. For Rico's podcast, Tracks and Sci-Fi. I'm Sonia Foster and this is Andy Foster. That's right. <laughs> what did you like about the movie? Um, I liked that they used someone that looks a lot like Spock. Um, I thought the actor that played him played him very well. I liked all the action and and I like Scotty. Uh, what didn't you like about the new movie? That the planet of the Vulcan, uh, Vulcan planet gets blown up or not really blown up but it gets absorbed into the black uh, hole and I did not like that Spock loses his mother because in just about every movie after or before this one, Spock's mother was alive. So maybe they're going to tie it up. I don't know. How about yourself? What did you like about the movie? I liked the uh, action. I liked the uh, the characters. They were pretty good depictions of Kirk and McCoy and Spock. What you did? What was it about the movie you didn't like? Well, I, I think that I think that this movie tried very hard to tie some of elements of Nemesis, which was a dismal failure, in with this movie. Now, I love the movie, but I mean, Romulans again? Come on! They don't look like the old Romulans either. They look like the a cross between the the Romulans and the Remans. Isn't there a, a different timeline there too with that type of Romulan? Well, I mean, like the fact that that Kirk was born. Due to his father, I mean, it, the whole timeline issue messes with me, and, and, and it has nothing, I mean, Vulcan's gone. Vulcan gets destroyed in this one, and I don't know if they're going to ever tie this up or if we're going to run along Star Trek's universe on another timeline. I think they're going to have to warp back in the time and try to fix... I mean, we're going to save some whales again? Fix some Romulans there and we'll make, sure that, make sure the guy Nino gets his wife. Nero. Nero gets his wife. Isn't that uh, a video game? That's close to the other name in Nemesis, too. What was the bad guy Nemesis' name? Oh, I forgot the Picard lookalike. Yeah, it looked just like him. Now, we love the movie. We love the movie. Yes. But, just, you know... We're expecting to see lots of people like this at Dragon Con. That's so right. We're excited about that. So we love the podcast, Rico. We love the movie. I think Aurora could have been a little bit meatier than what she was. She was kind of tall and a little bit lankier for the original Aurora, but she was pretty anyway. Liked her. Yeah, we 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 uh we just don't like the timeline issue. It's but like come on, think about it. Everything gets canceled on the Sci-Fi Channel, and if they can grasp the whole new audiences just to bring back Enterprise, I'm all for it. Well, bring back Star Trek. Star Trek, Enterprise but Enterprise. Yeah. Well, I wish they'd bring Enterprise back. That's a different topic. All right, Rico, we love the podcast. Thank you. Bye.
Well, greetings, Rico and Trex and Sci-Fi fans. This new Star Trek movie is amazing, and I like it. And it looks like a whole new audience of non-geeks do, too. I feel the new timeline has succeeded at what Star Trek Enterprise was trying to do. That is, breaking away from the old series with a new look and edgier story. In this case, the movie made a clean break. But at this turning point, I'm not quite ready to forget about Trek Classic. I'm still hanging on to the great stories and ships of the original timeline, especially the good old NX-01 here. But with that said, I can't wait to see more. Critics across the country are blown away by Star Trek. Rolling Stone calls Star Trek exhilarating. It's an action-packed epic adventure. Fire everything! It's the movie of the year. I'm impressed. Star Trek is smart and sexy. How poetic. Even if you've never seen Star Trek before, this movie is for you. I hope you know what you're doing. It'll work. The Los Angeles Times calls Star Trek this year's Iron Man. It's exciting. Star Trek. Rated PG-13. Hello Rico, hello Treks and Sci-Fi, this is Jamie, James on the forums, calling to give you my thoughts on Star Trek, which I went to see yesterday, Friday the 8th, with a friend of mine who is a Trekkie, and with my father, who's a former Trekkie. Uh, he hasn't kept up with it over the years, but he's always enjoyed the original series, the original cast. Uh, first time ever submitting anything like this. Actually, first time I've used the webcam on this laptop, so uh, not 100% sure how this is going to turn out. And uh, all three of us loved it. Uh, our sentiments were it was beyond awesome. Uh, my dad said he thought it was going to be good, and he said it was even better than he thought it was going to be. He really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was just fantastic. Um, I loved the way that they paid homage to the original series, the original cast, without actually mocking or imitating them. And I loved all the little tidbits that were scattered throughout for the fans to catch on to and to enjoy. Um, I'm, I actually really enjoyed Enterprise. A lot of people did not enjoy that series. I kind of did, and so I appreciated the reference to Admiral Archer and his beetle showing that, you know, that series hasn't just been completely disregarded now and thrown out the window. Um, so just little bits and pieces, little touches like that. I thought the humor was great. Uh, it kept some levity to it. Uh, granted, it, it didn't tackle any, any heady subjects or any uh, thing of, you know, modern social significance like Star Trek was so well known for back in the day. But I think we'll get into that more as the series progresses. If other movies are made, I think we might get into that more. But for now, the, the order of the day really is to just revive Star Trek, to get it back into the, the minds and hearts of people, to uh, get it to get people's attention again and to get its popularity up there, to draw new fans. And I think that's one thing that this movie in particular is going to be able to do very well. I think it's going to be able to draw in a whole new crowd of people, a whole new slew of fans. And in my mind, that is a really good thing, because that's what we need to get more Star Trek. And that's what I want. I just want more Star Trek, more good science fiction. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, my friends and my father really enjoyed it. We had a very good time. I'm actually going to take my wife back tonight. She's not a sci-fi fan. She's not a geek. But um, I think she really will enjoy this movie. And she's seen some of the previews and thought that it looked good, looked entertaining. So she's open to seeing it. So we're going to go back and see it together. 
It's usually thanks. So thanks again, Rico. Enjoy the show. And I hope to see more. And I look forward to hearing what the other fans and the other forum members have to say about it. So I'll see you later. Thanks. All right. Now, uh, now that you've uh, had a chance to hear some of the other people uh, talk about Star Trek, I'll put in my kind of formal review. It's going to be very uh, loose and ad lib. I've had a few days to think about the movie, and I'll just kind of go through a few points and give you my overall impressions. First, I I, I enjoyed the movie a, a lot. I thought it was great. Uh, I think they did a superb job, kind of updating Star Trek for. Uh, the current age and uh, making it sort of appeal maybe to a wider audience. Uh, it was, you know, everything that I thought that they would do right on those fronts, they did very well. I thought J.J. Abrams' direction was good. The story was strong, the casting was great. Uh, let's just go through some of the different points. If you hear some shifting around while I review this sitting on my stairs, uh, that's Kaylee walking around while I record. The, uh, we'll start, start with uh, the cast, uh, which I thought was great. Chris Pine and Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, uh, all of them, I think, did a great job uh, capturing the characters very well. Uh, the essence was there. Rather than just trying to sort of mimic what had been done in the past with the original series, I thought that they made the characters their own, which was the right way to do it. Uh, they, they just... Uh, there were little nuances, you know, the way that they moved sometimes and acted, of course, and certain lines that they wrote into the script, which were kind of fun to see for Trek fans, uh, which I thought was nice. Uh, the um, So the cast was perfect. I, I don't think they could have really done much better on that. I think they did a great job there. Uh, bringing in, you know, character, or not characters, but actors that uh, are not really very widely known. I think that was a, a very important and a good thing to do. You know, way back uh, in you know the early days, there was talk that like Matt Damon might play Captain Kirk, which I think would have been, I don't think that would have been a very good idea to to pull a really well-known actor into this in that kind of a role. Uh, maybe as a, one of the side characters a little bit or something, may perhaps you know, but uh, not for the the main uh, crew of the Enterprise. So, so the cast was great. I couldn't do better on that, and I thought they all did a really good job. Uh, I was very impressed with them. The, uh, the storyline itself, I think they did a good job with. I, there are a few little problems about it, and, but nothing major, but I'll talk about those in a few minutes here. Uh, but uh, overall, I think the story was good. Uh, for myself personally, you know, I saw it on opening night, uh, 7 o'clock show with my son and my friend Rob. Uh, so the theater was probably about half full, but I think part of the problem in doing the podcast and, and Treks and Sci-Fi and the website and all that is I had probably learned a little more about the movie than I would have liked uh, prior to going in to see it. There were a few things that were still a surprise, but and I hadn't really, uh, you know, sought things out. But just little things I would pick up here and there. It was almost like a puzzle piece. You know, every few days or every week or two, a new little piece of puzzle I would see, and then I started to fit the movie together a little bit. So I, I think that took just a little bit of, uh, you know, the enjoyment away from it. You know, sort of a spoiler situation, but. That was kind of unavoidable for me, at least. Uh, I'd like to go see it again soon and see it in IMAX as well. I saw it in a regular theater. But um, so the story, I think, uh, you know, I, I kind of knew what was going to happen for the most part. Uh, I, I loved, uh, you know, let's see, we went through characters, story a, a little bit. Uh, and we'll talk about sort of the good and bad points of the story more in a minute. Uh, what else? Uh, the look of the movie, I think, was, was, was excellent. 
Sometimes it was a little too busy for my taste. You know, uh, the, the bridge is, is interesting and neat, but it, it was like... It, it, some of it didn't quite look quite real to me. For some, I don't know how to describe it. I, I, I liked all the clear displays and stuff like Chekhov was using and things like that, and, and I liked the bridge overall, but I, I, I thought it was just a little overboard, maybe a little too much, you know, I, I think they maybe should have toned it down, maybe it was the lighting, I don't know sometimes, but, uh, you know, it's not a big complaint or anything like that, and I, I still liked it, but I, I think if they tweaked it down just a little bit, uh, it might be a little more interesting, it, it looked just a little too, I don't know, just a little too bright, I guess, but, um, but anyway, but, uh, you know, the designs, you know, the overall outside design of the Enterprise, the new one I always find with uh, uh, other ships, you know, just the effects. The effects were just amazing, you know. ILM, I think, did all of them and just did a great job there. So, uh, so we talked about a little bit about the cast, the characters, the story, the, the look. Uh, what, what else before we get into sort of the meat of it? Uh, I guess we can do that. Uh, let me let me tell you about one of my you know some of the favorite uh, moments for the movie for me at least. Uh, I love the opening sequence. I, I love the first five or ten minutes. A lot of people are saying the same thing. I think that was a great way to start the movie. I, I I do think though that if you haven't read the prequel comic book to this film, you still might be a little confused even after you come out of it to a degree. You know what what is going on? Are they just changing everything? I don't think that's make, maybe as clear as it should be in the movie. That was just a tiny little bit of a weak point, not a big one, but uh, but I love the bit with the Kelvin with with Kirk's father George and you know his wife giving birth at the same time. Uh, Nero's ship shows up and the Kelvin's under attack and all that. A little coincidental, you know, but you have to sort of swallow that. But what a heart wrenching time, you know, when uh, when George takes over and sends everybody off on their way and he's the captain at that point and goes down with the ship and all and uh, it, it's just. Uh, a, a cool point, but you know, from that point on, you know, Kirk's life is different. That didn't happen in his original, you know, the original timeline. So that that to me is is a, is a huge point, and I and I think they needed to drive that home just a little bit more. I mean, they talk about it later on when Spock shows up, older Spock, and he says, "You knew your father, and from my in my history, you knew your father." But I I, I don't know. I don't think they emphasize that as much as I, I would have hoped. I would like to see Kirk as a kid a little bit more. You know, you only see him driving the car scene, and then all of a sudden he's in a bar, you know, getting into a fight and trying to pick up Uhura or whatever. Uh, I wanted to see a little bit more with his mom and, and, and just something to show the man he could become and, and, and how it had really sort of changed him a lot for his father dying when he was born and everything. Uh, uh, you know, maybe even some resentment towards Starfleet or something like that for what, what happened to his father. You don't really get that in the movie. And again, these are just very little things. I, I still think it's, a, it's an excellent movie, so I, I don't want to overemphasize you know, the, the, any kind of negative here or anything like that. But again, the opening, great. Um, you know, the, the part with him driving the car, you know, that was okay. I mean, it was kind of a rock and roll scene. I mean, we'd all seen it in the previews a million times. They, they showed us that a lot, so that wasn't much of a surprise. Uh, I did expect a little bit more as a kid. You got that scene, and you got the scene with Spock, you know, kind of as a kid, when he's, you know, with the with the little other Vulcans picking on him, which I don't quite get that. You know, they're supposed to be very logical, very, very thoughtful, very intelligent race of people, but I guess kids will be kids. 
no matter if you're Vulcan or not. So, uh, I mean, we'd heard about that before, and even in the original series, about him being picked on for the mix, mixed parentage and heritage. So, uh, Zachary Quinto, I think, did a really amazing job. Now, the uh, the other thing that about the story that I didn't really know about was the whole Spock Uhura thing. And I really wanted to know more about that. I wanted to know what, what what's that all about? Is he really embracing a lot more of his human side? Uh, did they have a little fling? You know, was it just to show, hey, Spock can get the girl, not just Kirk? Uh, it was very interesting. I liked it, and was a little surprised by it. But there's never really any information given on what's going on there. I'm going to read the book, and hopefully, maybe a little bit more background, and and, and that is, is goes on, and you know, we learn more. But uh, it, it's 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 a little confusing to at least Trek fans, you know, and they never really try to clear it up at all in the movie. So maybe some deleted scenes, you know, I do know there is a deleted scene with Nero. Yeah, you know, there's that big 25-year gap where he's just kind of hanging around out there waiting for older Spock to show up. There is some things that happened with him and the Klingons and uh, that it should probably show up in the DVD that they decided to cut for time and pacing of the movie. So uh, what else did I... Uh, you know, the bar fight, him joining. I loved Pike. Uh, Bruce Greenwood as Pike it was just great. I, I liked his attitude. I, I liked the fact that he seemed to know Kirk and his family, uh, that he comes to the bar and tries to, you know, this, this whole idea of Kirk having all this potential in him and just sort of wasting it, uh, you know, it, it currently uh, is good. Uh, it's a little bit of a stretch that he just shows up after this fight, talks to Kirk for a few minutes, and then boom, he's he's running off to Starfleet the next day. Uh, but this movie is very fast-paced, so, I mean, that's the kind of stuff they had to do for it. Uh, what else do we want to get into now? Um, let's talk, I guess, about Vulcan. That was a, that was probably a big thing, and, a, and I kind of heard something about that, but I wasn't sure, and when it happened... I know why they did it. It makes sense that, you know, they're trying very hard to show that this is a new kind of uh, history of Star Trek and Starfleet and everything, and anything can happen. Anyone can die, any planet can blow up, anything can happen to even any of the main characters. This is an alternate kind of timeline, an alternate Star Trek. So it, it's interesting and it's good. It makes things, you know, very scary in a way. Uh, did I think it was important that they do that? I think it was important that they did something dramatic in the movie. Something that was big, you know, do they destroy Vulcan? Do they destroy Earth? Do they kill off one of the main cast, even in the first movie? You know, J.J. Abrams doesn't pull back from those kinds of things in what he does. He's always trying to mess with you a little bit. So, I think that was still worthwhile. Spock's mom also dying, I think, was okay. I, I, I think it was interesting just because it's, again, showing things are different now. Um, and it obviously affected Spock quite a bit. He certainly is not the, the very logical Vulcan that we've known throughout you know, 40 years of Star Trek history and everything. Um, what else? Uh, one part uh, of the movie that I thought was a little bit weak, and I think this has to do with some of the cut scenes in that, and I think the villain, and I think Nero, was interesting, and I liked the way he would come on screen and says, you know, hello, Christopher, when, when he says, hey, this is Captain Christopher Pike, and, and he's just kind of this, like, he knows he, he can beat these guys. He knows he's got this more, much more powerful vessel and ship and everything like that. But I thought his character from reading the prequel was a lot more interesting. And they don't bring that out in the movie as well as I had hoped for. You know, you know a little bit more on the background. I mean, he kind of has a couple of scenes where he gives a little bit of a speech almost about, you know, why he is the way he is and all that. 
And the whole red matter stuff gets a little bit, you know, unless again you know what's kind of going on, I think that could be a little confusing. But it's all just minor stuff, you know. This is just, a, you know, an enjoyable ride, a roller coaster ride of the movie, and uh, I think it's a lot of fun to see. McCoy, uh, Carl Urban did a great job. I loved his scenes. I wish we got to see more of him. Uh, maybe we will in the, in the next one. Uh, again, sorry if this review is kind of disjointed. I mean, I really enjoyed the movie a lot. I want to see it at least a few more times in the theater. It's uh, it's just great. They did the you know they they basically pulled off and did the impossible. Hello, Kaylee. <laughs> she wants to see too. Yeah, she wants to go see Star Trek. But you know they were able to um, to do something here that we you know everyone would have thought you know them doing another. Uh, movie in Star Trek and, and casting the original characters again with new actors would just be like, you know, who would have thought they'd ever been able to do that and do it so well? So completely kudos and hats off to them about being able to do that and JJ and his crew and team being able to pull that whole feat off. That's very impressive. So uh, uh, let's see. I hope I'm recording here. <laughs> yeah, everything looks good on the recording. And Katie! Katie, speak. So, where were we? Star Trek, great movie. Go see it if you haven't seen it yet. I hope you've seen it if you're watching and re, you know, hearing all these reviews from everyone. Uh, it's just a, a lot of fun to uh, to watch. Uh, the music I, I liked a lot, although I, I thought it was a little overshadowed by the movie in general. I mean, it wasn't. It to me, it's not quite as memorable. I like some of the themes and stuff in the in the movie, but. Uh, I wanted a little bit more out of the music. I, you know, I, I'd give it kind of an average uh, rating myself, at least. I thought that could have been a little bit stronger. Um, not terrible or anything like that, and I like some of the themes throughout it, but uh, I don't know. There was just something a little bit less epic and less memorable about this soundtrack than maybe like Wrath of Khan and Star Trek The Motion Picture and some of the classic Trek uh, sounds and music that we've heard in the past. Maybe in a few years I'll feel differently. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, you know, everything takes a while to grow on you, so, uh, uh, but, uh, I don't know really what else to say. Leonard Nimoy, it was great to have Spock in there. I've heard a few comments on the forums that, uh, you know, that thought that maybe he wasn't even necessary, but I, I completely disagree with that. I think it was completely necessary. I think the idea for them to do this movie where they're creating a whole new Star Trek, uh, history was, was the only way to do it. There was no way they were going to make a movie and say, hey, we're just rebooting everything like a Batman or a James Bond. And then they were going to uh, say, hey, this is the Star Trek cast. Everything from, you know, uh, the original series on is, is rewritten. Uh, none of that matters anymore. You know, basically now we have just two paths. We have the new one and we have the old one that's still out there. You know, they could eventually do something with those characters still from TNG or Deep Space Nine or Voyager or whatever. But... Uh, but anyway, uh, that's it. I don't want to take, take up too much time. We've got a long podcast and vidcast here anyway for everyone. So um, great movie. Definitely uh, four stars for me. Live long and prosper, uh, JJ and crew. Well, Rico, here I am, back from viewing the new Star Trek movie. And, you know, it was awesome. Yeah, it was really, really, really good. I was thrilled, I was excited, I felt emotional, I felt amazed, and I felt a little annoyed sometimes and a little irritated about some things, but all in all, 
they have successfully made an outstanding science fiction movie and a very, very good, potentially great top three or four Star Trek movies. My only criticisms really have to do with the, the whole attempt to bridge the continuity. I actually wish they hadn't even tried to do it. I think this film could have stood alone and been possibly even stronger simply as a straight reboot like they did with Battlestar Galactica. To dance the, on the fine line that they did made for a good story, um, but I think it still could have been better simply because the characters and the actors portraying them were strong enough to carry the material. They were good enough to be a brand new Jim Kirk and a brand new Spock and a brand new Uhura. All of them, without, without exception, Scotty, McCoy, they just did an incredible, incredible job with the character portrayals. And again, I could have been very, very content not bridging the two series together uh, the way they did. But they did, I understand the whys of that, um, and I, uh, now that that's over, and maybe we can move beyond that sort of plot line and get into these characters on this Enterprise, uh, having new adventures and exploring space, and it's just, it's just great, great stuff. Couple of other little quibbles. Um, I didn't care for the blending of the futuristic with the industrial. The engineering section really just didn't do it for me. Um, I understand why they do it. It probably saved them a lot of money in set construction because they just had to go to a factory and film. But for me, the visuals of science fiction, I like, the, I like to be impressed. Uh, I didn't even mind the bridge and I used to complain about that all the time and the upper decks and everything looked great. Uh, but that was really my only issue. I really, really did not like that. It really took me out of it whenever they went down there. It just didn't feel like they were on a starship anymore, regardless of whether it's the Enterprise or any other ship in a science fiction movie. But anyway, that's, that's really my only complaint. They, were, they did a great, great job. I, my hat is off to J.J. Abrams and the cast. They just really, really fracking nailed it. So I'm now officially submitting my application as a new shill for J.J. Abrams. Watch out, Rico. I'm coming for you, baby. Take care, guys. Be well. This is Bartok again with a video music and sci-fi segment. For today's segment, I'm going to talk about Michael Giacchino, the composer of the first 2009 summer blockbuster movie, J.J. Abrams' Star Trek. That short one-minute intro was the opening track to the Star Trek movie. So Bartok, how do you spell and pronounce that name again? I'm glad you asked. See here? Michael was the conductor at the 2009 Academy Awards. And there is Hugh Jackman calling out his name. Michael was born October 10, 1967 in Riverside Township, New Jersey, across the Delaware River from Philadelphia, making him 41 years old today. He attended the School of Visual Arts in New York City, where he attained a degree in film production and a minor degree in history. He also studied at the Juilliard School in the Evening Division, open for working adults age 18 to 98, one to improve their performance and or listening skills. Michael Giacchino was mesmerized by the magic of Star Wars, especially with the classic scores by John Williams, which was the reason why he decided to study film and music. After graduating, Michael started out composing music for video games 
starting with the game Gargoyles in 1995. He joined Disney in their publicity department in New York City and later transferred to Los Angeles. When DreamWorks was started, Chikina was tagged by Hollywood director Steven Spielberg, who asked him to score music for the PlayStation game The Lost World, which became the first live orchestral score written and recorded for a console video game. Michael Giacchino became famous for his orchestral scores for video games such as Medal of Honor and its sequels Medal of Honor Underground and Medal of Honor Allied Assault and lastly Medal of Honor Frontline. After that he and many other creators of the Medal of Honor series moved to other game houses where Michael wrote the music for the video games Call of Duty and Secret Weapons over Normandy. At last count, Michael has composed music for at least 21 video games. You've been listening to the Medal of Honor Allied Assault main theme. The Incredibles with Pixar was Michael's big breakthrough and entry onto the A-list of composers. The upbeat jazz orchestral sound was a departure in sound not only for Giacchino, but also for Pixar, who had previously relied on the works of Randy and Thomas Newman for all of its films. Director Brad Bird told Michael that he wanted orchestral jazz energy, like they used to have in James Bond and Pink Panther movies, as in Johnny Quest and the Flintstones. Quasi big band music. That's been the track title, The Glory Days, from The Incredibles, in the background. If 2004 was Michael's breakthrough year, especially due to the success of Lost, 2005 was the confirmation with none other than six movie projects. Michael then scored it big by composing the music to Mission Impossible 3 in 2006, followed by the Disney-Pixar collaboration in Ratatouille in 2007, for which he won a Grammy and received his first Academy Award nomination. Here you are listening to Le Festine, sung by Camille from Ratatouille. Just as Alan Silvestri has fostered a long-term relationship with Robert Zemeckis, it is now obvious that Michael Giacchino has connected with J.J. Abrams. When J.J. first heard music from Michael, he was known in the industry as that video game guy. Starting in 2001 and running through 2006, Michael was asked by J.J. to compose music for the TV series Alias, starring Jennifer Garner as Sidney Bristow. And overlapping in 2004 and to the present, Michael has continued his collaboration with J.J. Abrams, composing the music for the TV series Lost, for which he won a Grammy. Continuing the collaboration with J.J. Abrams, Michael composed the music to the movie Mission Impossible 3, as I mentioned, and for the 2006-07 TV series Six Degrees, the 2008 movie Cloverfield, the TV series Fringe, and now the blockbuster Star Trek. In Cloverfield, Michael provided an homage to Japanese monster scores in an overture entitled Roar, which played over the credits of the monster movie. It is the sole original music in the entire film. Star Trek is Michael's latest collaboration with J.J. Abrams, and what a fantastic ride it is with the opening battle scene. Two days before I saw the movie, I downloaded the album from iTunes and listened to it several times so that I could become familiar with it. If you like movie music as much as I do, 
then I thought it would be interesting to see how the music lined up with the action on the big screen. Strangely enough, I didn't really find the music all that inspiring. It was not the type of music where you could memorize the melody and then hum it to yourself. So, it was with some trepidation that I sat down in the IMAX theater and waited for the opening scenes to begin, to see if my opinion would change once the film rolled. Well, with 12,000 watts of power, a great speaker system, and the fantastic action on the screen, Bartok was sold. The music and the movie action melded. They worked with each other. The music seemed more compelling, more sweeping in its vista, once the action was on the screen. I have since listened to the track again, and I'm right back to where I was originally. It's okay, but not compelling. The music works best with the movie, and not by itself. Michael provided a Star Trek theme that is used several times in the movie, starting with the opening shot. And you've been listening to Hella Bar Talk, where it is featured again. It is pleasant to listen to, but try to recreate it in your mind two hours later. Good luck with that. This is the second track in the movie that was a bit above the rest for me. The main theme reprises, but with sinister undertones for Nero, the arch-villain. The title of this track is Nero Fiddles, Narada Burns, an obvious reference to the Roman Emperor Nero, who is reputed to have played the violin while Rome burned. Back in Rico's podcast number 151, I mentioned that Michael Giacchino would be scoring the music for the Star Trek movie, and that Michael hinted he would add a tribute to Sandy Courage's original Star Trek TV series music. Michael lived up to that promise in the last two tracks with To Go Boldly and with the end credits. How fitting for Star Trek fans everywhere. If you want to hear more of Michael Giacchino's music, he is well represented in iTunes, where you can download individual tracks from many of his video games and movies for just 99 cents apiece. And you will be hearing more from Michael in just the next few weeks, as his music is featured in the next Pixar animated movie, Up, opening on May 29, and in The Land of the Lost, starring Will Ferrell, opening June 5th. Well, that's it for this music and sci-fi video segment. And now back to you, Rico. Hello, all you Treks in Sci-Fi fans. Um, I went to see Star Trek yesterday, twice. Uh, I loved it. Um, I, I, needn't have, I, I was a bit worried. In fact, I was very worried, as I've stated on the forums, that uh, I thought this was the wrong direction to go in. You doing a prequel after the atrocity that was the Star Wars prequels, I thought this was going to be pants. You know, I mean, once you start messing with the the uh, Star Trek uh, franchise, you know, you've got me concerned. However, Abrams, J.J. Abrams, has done a fantastic job. Honestly, uh, this this film. I think could be the best film of the year, let alone the best sci-fi film of the year. And on my second viewing last night, I was surprised. It, it, the, the cinema was packed. It was absolutely heaving, and I haven't seen a cinema like that for many, many years. Uh, especially for a Star Wars, uh, Star Trek film. Incredible. And they didn't all seem geeky Trek heads like myself and some of you guys on the forums. Uh, there, there was just a few things I didn't like about it, which could have got it a 10 out of 10 otherwise. Uh, Chekhov 
I didn't like really, although he didn't bug me the second time round. The first time, I, I thought, get, yeah, no, somebody make his console blow up and get rid of him. Didn't like him at all. Two scenes they could have done without. Uh, the, the On the ice planet with that monster, unnecessary. And uh, Scotty in the tubes, the water tubes, again, unnecessary. Although the initial beaming into there was, was quite funny. Uh, by the way, there's going to be spoilers here. Rico, I hope you've done a spoiler alert at the beginning of your uh, your podcast. Um, the pre the pre title scene. I have to admit, tearing up very slightly at the beginning there. It was pure J.J. Abrams. It reminded me very much of Lost, and um, it was done. It it was going so well that I'd forgotten that the the titles hadn't even rolled until about sort of ten minutes into it, ten fifteen minutes into the film. Very very good. Uh, Chris Pine, in my opinion, nailed Kirk. This was going to be one of my biggest fears that um, only one Captain Kirk, and that was Bill Shatner. But I think Chris Pine is in safe hands, especially when he sits down in the seat there. He sits down and spreads his legs and arms, and he sits there like Kirk. And I thought. You've got it, man. You've got it. As did Spock, Zachary Quinto, and um, Bones, and I can't think of it. Carl Urban. Brilliant. Very good. Very good indeed. Um, and Ahura. Oh. oh, Ahura. How beautiful you are. Um, I've never seen her before. Zoe Saldana. No, never seen her before. Um... Big spoiler, though. Big spoiler. Romulus and Vulcan destroyed. I mean, I know this 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 time has been rewritten and it's going to be uh, a completely different franchise for now. But but those two planets destroyed. Uh, Spock is now an, in part of an, an endangered species. Clever. I like that. Yeah, I quite like that. How how are they going to get around that? Um, but to, to sum up, I, I really enjoyed the film and uh, I'm going to have to go and see it again. Um, yeah, one of the best films of the year so far, let alone science fiction. If I had to describe the film in three words, I'd have to say big and loud. Um, two Vulcan gestures for J.J. Abrams and Star Trek. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. Cheers. Greetings, Rico and our fellow members at Treks and Sci-Fi. This is K-Trek, Kevin Pearson from Denton, Texas. Just wanted to uh, contribute to this video cast of Rico's this week. I got a new laptop this last year and I've never tried doing the video recording thing with the camcorder, but I thought I might give it a try and give it an opportunity to give my comments on Star Trek Eleven, uh, as my wife and I saw it this last weekend. First of all, <clears throat> I'd have to say that it is a fantastic film overall. I think J.J. Abrams did a really, really good job, and we uh, really enjoyed it immensely. However, in the very first showing that we went to at 1010 the the in the theater, right in the very climax of the film, the uh, when Scotty ejects the warp core, the camera went dead, and we were so pissed. I was really upset that this had occurred during uh, one most important movie of, of the year for me, 
being a, a Trek fan for the last 43 years and having that happen right in, in the, the show that we would, that we attended. Uh, however, the theater was gracious enough and gave us free tickets to attend again. So my wife and I went back later that day uh, for a 3.15 showing to see it again. And uh, the second viewing was just as much fun as the first time. Uh, I have to say that there were many things that worked in the film, some things that bothered me. But overall, the film was really good, uh, well-directed, well-acted, uh, special effects were fantastic. It felt like Star Trek. It looked like Star Trek. The opening sequence, when uh, Kirk is born and uh, his father, George, sacrifices himself is fantastic. Very moving and poignant way to begin the, the story. And, and it moving forward from that point and the jumping back and forth between Vulcan and Earth in Iowa. Really well done to see just those short little clips of the youth of Spock and Kirk and then to bring them together as adults. Very good, very good, very well done. Uh, the, my only comment that I would say was a, quite a, one thing that I found very negative about the film was in the bar scene with uh, Uhura and her making the mention of bestiality uh, to uh, farm, uh, farm sex or sex with farm animals in the bar to Kirk. I think it was inappropriate, it was uh, not considerate, and uh, it just shows kind of uh, the moral aptitude of Ortsy and, and Kurtzman and I really think that that could have been better left out of the film. I really don't think if I had a 12-year-old or even a 16-year-old, I would want them thinking about sex with animals. I just think that was inappropriate. However, that aside, everything else in the film was fun. It was uh, very well done. The acting was pretty much spot on. Leonard, the uh, actor Carl Urban who played uh, Leonard McCoy was absolutely fantastic. He seemed to really fit the role. He had me believing he was Leonard H. McCoy. Uh, it was very well done. Chris Pine, on the other hand, uh, I think that his character could have used a little bit different person personality. It worked okay. Uh, he reminded me a little bit too much of Ben Broder, and that kind of bugged me through the whole movie, thinking about Ben Broder's, because I could hear Ben Broder's voice, and I could see his mannerisms and the way that he takes on that character in SG-1, and it just seemed like Ben Broder to me in a Star Trek film. Uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just uh, wasn't really James Kirk, but uh, I did, did accept the character overall and enjoyed him. All the other ca uh, cast members were fine. Uh, the Scotty character, uh, not very much like the original character at all, uh, but I'm fine with that. Uh, it was funny. It was enjoyable. There were lots of humorous moments in the film that were a lot of fun and uh, really uh, made the movie well-balanced, I would say. Um, I do, do want to commend everyone uh, that made the film that for making such a tremendous film, uh, one that we'll be able to enjoy again and again, uh, not only just in the theater as, as it's in there the next couple of weeks, I plan to see it at least once more, maybe twice, who knows, and uh, then when it comes out on DVD, we'll have it perpetually to enjoy whenever we want to. So I give two thumbs up to this film, folks. Go see it. If you haven't seen it, you'll really enjoy it. And peace be everyone. Rico, thanks.
Hey, here we are, getting ready for the Star Trek movie, the premiere of the brand new Star Trek movie. It is, what is today, May 7th, 7th, 2009. We got our tickets to IMAX, baby. Uh, it is 3.56. Got a ticket to... And we're going to head out now to uh, Lacey. We're going to Burger King first because we want to catch the King-Ons. And hopefully they'll steal somebody's girl. Want you? <laughs> Okay, here we are in Burger King, and uh, we just got done having our our Star Trek meals, and I've got a whole bunch of glasses there that I bought. I'm very excited. Now we're headed to the movie theater for the premiere of Star Trek. Okay, we just got done watching the new Star Trek movie. Here we are at the theater. Here you can see it behind me. And uh, wow, what I don't know what to really say other than it blew me away. It was it was really really good. And uh, do you guys like it? Epic. <laughs> it was phenomenal. Hey, right over here. What phenomenal. You, phenomenal. Yeah. Kathy, what do you think of the movie? Excellent. Awesome. We were we were just discussing how it melded the old with the new, and uh, it was just, it was very very stunning. Hey, Jed and Jenny. Goodbye. Bless you guys. Thanks for coming. It was fun. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Um, yeah, it was cool and. Uh, what a cool movie. I don't know how to describe it. It was cool. I thought uh, Spock did really well. I thought uh, Bones was great. Scotty. Um, Scotty. <laughs> yeah, Scotty was comic relief, but he was awesome. He was just awesome. What a wild... You know, it felt like we were in there for 10 minutes, and it was two hours. So, go figure. It went really fast. Yeah. Really good. I love how they put all the classic, the classic lines together. Thank you remember of them, you know. I love that Hi there. Hi. Well, I'm still eating popcorn from the Star Trek movie. I saved them. We don't even want to talk about what calorie intake. But anyway, um, so Star Trek movie, where's my Pepsi? My daughter's bringing me a pack Pepsi. And uh, anyway, Star Trek movie. Wow, now that we've been out of the movie for a few days, watched it, thought about it, I really enjoyed the Star Trek movie. It was way cool. I love the, the take they took on it. J.J. Abrams did an awesome job at satisfying a Trek fan, at the same time introducing a whole new world to a galaxy that is uh, pretty darn cool. Amy, she's down here working on planting my sweet onions. A whole new world. Okay, well, there's Catherine. Catherine, what did you think of the movie? It was fine. Okay. Andrew, what did you think? It was epic. <laughs> That's cool. Amy? It was sweet. Like, sweet Walla Walla onions. I don't know about sweet Walla Walla onions, but let me think of some of the really cool things I liked about it. I liked Tyler's performance. I mean, Jacques Quinto's performance. I thought he did a great job as Spock. I really liked seeing the old Spock on there. He was great. Uh, Chris Pine did a great job as Kirk. Uh, I really liked Scotty, uh, even though a lot of people didn't really like Scotty's performance. I really liked Scotty's performance. I thought he was hilarious, even though he was kind of comic relief. I don't know about his little sidekick. That was kind of weird. 
Um, let me see. Oh, and I really was confused. I, I don't know. For some reason, the Spock and Uhura relationship was kind of weird. But not that they couldn't be that way. It's just I didn't expect it, I guess. So anyway, great special effects, great movie, great plot. What I will be fascinated with is where they go next with this. And if they actually do a sequel to it, what are they going to do with these characters now that things are way different? It's an alternate universe now. Different timeline. Should be very, very interesting. Oh, and I want to say one thing about Eric Bannon's performance as Nero. Right on the money. He did a great job. A couple minutes, uh, for a couple minutes in his performance, I was thinking, So, anyway, that's what I thought. Now, let's put the camera around. We'll just ask Nathan real quick what he thinks. Flip it around. What? What? Gotta see your new glasses anyway. Ready? What did you think, Nathan? It was really good. Did you like it? Uh-huh. Good. All right. Okay. Well, that's it from the Moyer household. We like the new Star Trek movie. Back to you, Rico. Well, everyone, we come to the end of another uh, extravaganza video cast for Treks in Sci-Fi. Again, a big thanks to everyone that sent in videos. Uh, you guys are the best, and uh, it's always fun to uh, to see what you come up with and send in. And uh, I've loved all the discussion on the forums. If you're not a forum member and you're watching this, uh, you definitely should. Now's the time to join up. And over at uh, treksinsci-fi.com, uh, I've got a great group of people on the forums there. Lots of uh, interesting thoughts about the new movie, uh, and uh, we just have all kinds of fun there. So check it out when you get a chance. Uh, Next week on the podcast, we might do a normal type show. I may do a Skype call. I haven't really decided yet. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of a busy weekend. There's a uh, the Motor City Comic Con, which I will be at in Novi, Michigan, next to Saturday. I even got a free press pass, so I'm going to be doing some video and stuff there. And that may end up being next week's show, or it could be two weeks from now. Uh, just check the main website, and I'll have an updated schedule uh, up there in the next couple of days about what's coming up on the podcast or video or whatever we happen to do for Treks in Sci-Fi. And, uh, again, thanks, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the show, and uh, go see Star Trek again. I know I am. Bye. <laughs>